And we're back. Second episode of The Ologies with Chris and Brian from Honeybeard. Clint Bruce. Yeah. Hey, we're going to do a, a, a hero-ology session today. Hero-ology remembers when we were kind of studying this concept called heroism and and um, really broadening the aperture of what heroism is, looking at it as a, as a, as a standard, um, being willing to uh, um, risk yourself for people you don't even know. Like, you know, what is the, being a magnificent use to those who need you when they need you most, right? And we'll be reading uh, the Carnegie Hero Fund Commission. It was talked about last time. The Carnegie Hero Fund was founded by Carnegie in 1904 after a coal mine cave-in to really, one, celebrate everyday heroism, uh, celebrate um, the everyday American citizen that is heroic. Um, there's some criteria associated with it and the mm-hmm. fact that you cannot be in a profession where heroism is an expectation because you really wanted to understand, you know, heroism and Darwinism are incompatible. And he's like, hey, why do people do this? And so what we do in the heroology is we just look at heroism and we read a citation. Um, and then we have three questions. Hey, why do we think you did it? What, what's most remarkable about it? And then what do we learn from it? So we're going to be talking about Logan E. Johnson today from Dallas, Texas. Logan E. Johnson saved John Kershaw from drowning in Dallas, Texas on February 20th, 1995. After Kershaw, 65, lost consciousness while driving, his car traveled off the roadway and entered a pond. Logan, 17, a delivery man, was driving the vicinity and saw the accident. He stopped at the scene and, not seeing anyone exit the car, removed his boots and entered the water. Logan swam to the partially submerged car, which had floated to a point about 120 feet from the bank, and tried to open all its doors, being unsuccessful with the rear passenger side door. As water entered the car, Logan extended his upper body into the car and grasped Kershaw, who had regained consciousness but was still in the driver's seat. Logan removed Kershaw from the car, which submerged shortly thereafter and aided him to the bank. Crazy. 17. 17 years old. That's that's the other thing, too, is like, you know, at 120 feet doesn't sound long, but it's one, it's February, and despite what the listeners think, it, it gets chilly woo here in, uh, yeah. in, in Texas, you know. And uh, so you know the water's cold. You know it's 120 feet uh, from the shore, and you know he doesn't know what he's getting into. Yeah. I will say sitting across from Clint. And his voice just sounds miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good it's, voice it's a little day. Good voice day. That's exactly right. So, so when we look at these heroologies, one, we're always trying to we want to celebrate everyday heroism, right? And and y'all know my passion for this kind of uh, the study of it goes back to really World War II, where the Nazis would tell you they they really lost the war because they couldn't take the island of heroes, which is Crete. And Crete had a definition of heroism that was much more accessible. It was almost more an expectation than it was anything else. And it says to be of magnificent use to those who need you when they need you most. So as as guys who are veterans and and some of these other things, you know, who do the heroes think are heroes and to celebrate those. So that's part of it. So one of the, we ask ourselves three questions during heroologies. One is, man, why do we think they did it? Two, um, what do we think is most remarkable about it? And third is like, what do we learn from it? So I'll start with, you know, the honey bear, honey bear, <laughs> uh, Chris. Like, what, what? Why do you think? Why do you think Logan Johnson did that? I wonder sometimes in situations like this, where like, almost like, what was the preparation? Was there preparation? Yeah. Not like, was he thinking like, dude, I can't wait to like save yeah. this, uh, save somebody that goes into a pond, but yeah. just like the mindset of just like helping and serving and, you know, like books that you read or maybe movies that you connect with where it's just like, man, people are helping other people and I want to be ready in case my name's called to help somebody. Like uh, I think about that often of just the preparation and like the mindset that's involved and 
you know, helping and not necessarily being a hero, but even if somebody's stranded on the side of the road, like so many people drive by and that's okay. But like, I have the mindset of, I want to stop and help and serve. So I wonder like, what is there like preparation? Like had he thought about like yeah. helping someone before or was it just like a natural instinct? I think that Ross brought up on the last one. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it was almost like that person was prepped for that. It was almost like that person was, yeah. was gearing up, you know, and we, we said if we could be on a fly on the wall looking back upon her life, we may have seen characteristics um, that led to her doing what she did. And in that this case, it was a problem a, for him, right? Like one of the things, I mean, I love these citations. Go to the carnage, you know, mychfc.org to learn about these. But I'd love to learn more about Logan Johnson's family. Like, did he, yeah. did he grow yeah. up and how he was raised? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you this much, too. There was a video that came out not too long ago that showed uh, a group of teens laughing and filming a guy drowning. Mm. And that is the exact opposite of what we're experiencing here. Right. But it, it almost has something to their character. You know, it almost has something about that man. You know, who chose to swim out? 120 feet is not yeah. a short swim. You know, I can't, I can't make it. I joined the army for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's chilly woo water too. That's on it. Like it'd be interesting, to, and, and maybe we could do this. Maybe we go back and post it on the website. Where we, hey, what was the weather like on February 20th, 1995? Like what yeah. time of day was it? That'd be interesting. I mean, we could we could find that stuff out. So the second thing we asked, and Chris, I'll point this as you is, what do you think's most remarkable about it? I think just his action, like you know. I don't know if you mentioned it in the story, but it, it was split second decision, mm-hmm. right? And I read this book and I was just trying to look it up to see if I could find it because this may bring up the fourth question. Do you think his action is something that he trained for, which we talked about, or is it just embedded in someone? I read this book, talks about 9-11 and it talks about many different instances, but there were people on the planes that just froze mm-hmm. and the guys that acted did mm-hmm. it in a split second. So we've all gone through stuff in our head where we, if such and such, such happened, if I ever saw a man abusing a woman in public or being rude, what would I do? And mm-hmm. there's a show about it, right? We've all seen it. And this book is saying psycholo- psychologically that some people just don't have it. Mm-hmm. Some people freeze. And so I think that may be a topic, and I'll find the book for our sure. next, next podcast or something like that. But what, what, what went through his head is purely he probably just – you know, adrenaline took over. Yeah, I, I bet that it didn't hit him until he was in the water. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would be betting to say that. You know, one of the things that's interesting, too, is it, it doesn't talk if anybody was around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, there was this moment where he's swimming out of the water, and if he reversed course, like, who would have been there to know that he reversed course? But that, that's what I, I think. You know, water adds a level of complexity and intensity to everything, and cold water even more yeah. so. Yeah. So I, that's what I think is just so impressive and in, in, um, you know, I'd love to learn more. Hey, was he a gifted swimmer? You know, did he, yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, once you hit the water, it's times ten on everything because the water always wins. Right. Like you know, the water's like the clock in a football game. It doesn't care about anybody. Right. Michael Phelps is just the best person on the planet and not dying in the water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one way know, to put it. Clint. Water's got its rules, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's a thing that I'm I'm impressed with the initiative of a 17 year old young man who's working who has to make these instant decisions about, hey, am I going to let that happen or uh, am I going to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, you touched on something real quick that I want to maybe challenge and get the listeners thinking, like, social media in this mm-hmm. world that we live in. And, you know, you mentioned those kids. Um, 
just watching somebody drown and filming it, I think what we consume and what we look at, you know, advertently and inadvertently really like kind of shapes and maybe forms some of the stuff that we're talking about and questioning on if if we're kind of like made for it and like built for it. Well, if you're Where have we seen it? Yeah. It's been modeled for right, us, right? Right, right. I it, grew up in the 80s watching The Fall Guy and yeah, Magnum P.I. Yeah. and Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactic. But now Most kid, of the content in the 80s was being heroic. Yeah, but now kids can watch somebody drowning and then they get fed that through the algorithm and they're watching World Star and all this stuff you instead of... You, you think that has, that has an effect is what I you're saying? I think it does, yeah, because how is a kid supposed to even know that there's heroes out there and right. we they might eat. not even be getting served... Magnum PI level stuff or these, you know, Medal of Honor recipient stories. We could even classify that as, as a um, a huge effect because at that point it's life and death. And I distinctly yeah. remember this video because for me it was very traumatic. The guy was drowning. You could hear him crying for help in these kids from the bank's video. I remember thinking, like, right. wow, like what led yeah. us here? Well, and then, and I think then, you might hit the nail on the head. You see these other things where they're just stunts, right? So there's a party you watch. You're going, hey, is this a stunt? Um, is this as is this yeah. a, what would you do? Is this a skit that I'm watching? I mean, if you look at the Westwood shooting in, in Fort Worth in the church, there's a part of the people that didn't do anything because they thought it was a skit. They thought it was a stunt. Uh, and so again, exposure leads to hypersensitivity or desensitization. Yes. Like if you, I just can't imagine a world where I'd go through. Hey, is my clout going to be? positively impacted by watching or saving right yeah and i think exposure is part of it so so the last thing we ask is hey what what are we going to take away from that and what what does it call us to to either reaffirm or decide again and 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 for me it's just to stay faithful to that you know here am i send me that i was raised around yeah and and thank god you know mr kershaw thanks that as well what about you guys i think the mindset for me just to piggyback off what you're saying is just like not you know, you know, always be ready, but just not, yeah, kind of being ready and having that foundation in your mind where it's always in the back of your mind to serve and to help. And, and just even as a dad, it sticks out to me and probably you too, just like watch what your kids are. Mm -hmm. Maybe those kids that you mentioned never had somebody to tell them like, Hey, like they were never rescued by anybody. Yeah. Right. Like, Like if you, you know, being rescued by someone, gives you the impetus to then be that for someone I else. guarantee you if those kids at some point had been rescued oh yeah that one of them despite the peer pressure you know because they were younger sure probably would have tried and hey like parents like hey like we we, we help people that's mm-hmm. all it takes is maybe one sentence to yeah. your kid and it could be you know Brian's done this in front of his daughter and like my wife gets mad at me because I'm often late for some because I'm helping someone change a flat tire. But mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be someone slamming into a riverbank no, and it's a million know, massive things. thing. It's like, hey, this person ran out of gas and we're going to go help them get a thing. Try, I agree. You know, and, or change their flat tire and having and not posting it to social media. Right. And not telling our whole world that we did this thing. You know, there's something in the in the Bible or one of those books that's. uh, <laughs> uh you know, you want to give, I don't know what it is, guys, but give in the shadows so it'll be brought to light. Yeah, later, you yeah, know? yeah. right in your closet. Man. Yeah. I think heroism is in the eye of the beholder, too. Right. Right. So it's the recipient of that action that thinks you're heroic. So. Yeah, going back to what you just said, Chris, before we wrap up, it's something my dad always used to say whenever we would finish doing something uh, for a stranger, helping out with a flat tire, anything for that matter. Um, 
And he said, you know, we always look at me and say, you know what, son, we've done our good deed, our good deed for the day. Right. And that has stuck with me. Mm. I'm 34, you know, and sometimes I, I get the pleasure of saying that, hey, yeah. I did my good deed for the day. You know, I can go yeah. crack a beer. Yeah. Hey, sure. everyone, thanks for listening to The Ologies. We appreciate it. See you. Uh, Brian and Chris from Honeybeard. And uh, go look them up. And we'll see you all next time. Take care. <laughs>